Hello and welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. It's season two, episode 14, and today we're talking about is photography an art or science? I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. And you're very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. And it's a podcast with a difference today because my co-host, he's actually back from Norway. But not only is he back from Norway, but I'm actually sitting in front of him. And you know what, guys, you know what? You should really be here to see it because it's very strange to look at you face to face, man. I'm sick of looking at you at the screen, but now I have to look at you face to face too. Uh, Trish, there's some weird on our house there. Did you leave him in the front door? I got my passport stamped along the way, though, when I crossed the border, you know what I mean? So it was okay. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. I've only got a limited time. i got to go back into the real capital afterwards. The real capital. Yes. But, you know, it's funny that you say it's the real capital, boy. Isn't it funny, though? And after, jeez, oh, how do I phrase this without sounding like a, an asshole? I left my camera club. <laughs> yes. For unforeseen circumstances, it's no one's fault in any way, shape or form. But I have joined Blackwater Ah, Photographic Society. Brilliant, brilliant. So you gone over the border to the court. Over the border, border to the court. Yeah, yeah, you have to follow the next and no one. You're saying, how do you press the shutter and the button there, lads? Ah, Jesus, I've been getting the lingo off one of my uh, tour mates from in Norway. His name's Andrew Keating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolute genius. He was brilliant on the podcast man. that you did, I must say. He was yeah. really good, really honest. And in fairness, you know, everybody that was there seemed to have a good crack on it, like, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah, and you know what? You have been putting on more of a Cork accent since then. So, in fairness, to you, you're getting a bit of culture. See, I knew this is kind of in the pipeline before it happened. So I said, "It's our practicing, 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 practicing." So Andrew was giving me a few tips there on being a Corkman and so a langer and a la- <laughs> <laughs> langer. You're nothing but a langer, why? Yeah. What is the definition of a langer in Cork language? Carconism or whatever it's called. It, it depends on where you use it. It's like the F word. You can use it in so many different ways. You can say you're nothing but a langer. It means that you're not happy with somebody. Or look at that langer. Okay. You know I mean? All right. And you can take the piss out of somebody. Or he's nothing but an alpha. And why not him? He's just a langer. <laughs> this podcast will never get out. But uh, langer isn't any curse words. It's a terrible word. It's not a curse word. It's an anatomy of the body. There's a song and all written about it. Do you know that? <laughs> I did. We'll have to find it, and I'll put the link into it in the in the, uh, in the comments on the Facebook group. And there's a, a a song and all, yeah. All right, okay. I do actually have to check. No, actually, I don't try to know anything. I don't want to know about it. In Cork, he is known as a oh, langer. Sweet Jesus, mother of God. We can all we sing from Cork. You know that, don't you? What? Everybody from Cork can sing. No, you can't. Because we we can we speak, we sing. So it's just another, just another transgression onto that. You know what I mean? But like, you know what's behind it. Like Dermot Whelan says, a Cork man is. A uh, Limerick man with just a happier accent. A Cork man is somebody who is well balanced. We've got a chip on both shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hashtag true story, Keith. Hey, 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 it's bad enough now, like when Dave was trying to take my hashtag before. Now I'm sitting in front of you, you can't take that, you know oh, what I mean? Okay, okay, I'll take that one back. Uh, merch will be coming soon, by the way, merch will be coming soon. Hashtag true story. Nice one. Right. So anyway, back to photography, because I'm sick of talking to you already. I want to get out of here already. Like, but yeah, anyway, yeah. so the topic for today, Dermot, I think is an interesting topic. And it's something that 
hopefully we'll be able to have a good discussion on, but also I think the listeners could have a good discussion on too. Okay, What's it? what is it? Come on, hit me with your knowledge. Is photography an art or is it science? Over to you first. Why can't it be over to you first? Because <laughs> I'm hosting. I'm in charge. Thank you. All right, okay. I've mixed feelings for this. Very, like, if I could cheat, I would say both. Okay. But I can't cheat. I have to kind of give my honest opinion. You can be on the fence. Yeah. No, John Myler's always on the fence. Yeah, that's true. John Myler is always literally sitting on the fence. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so I'm going to be, okay, let me think about this. No, we don't have time to think. Let me make a decision on which one is going to be, I would feel more towards. Right. I think it's more of an art. That's ah, only my wife. Only my wife, Jesus, if she hears me now, she'll kill me. Um, she's in the next room and she's right now in the mobile. <laughs> she knows better. <laughs> um, I would say it's more of an art than a science, even though there is science behind it. Because when you're out taking photographs, the camera science can't take the picture for you. Okay. Technically it can, but it can't. You make the picture. Like we had this, not an argument, a discussion in season one about does the photographer take the picture or does it seem present itself to you? Mm -hmm. I was saying that it's the photographer and I'm sticking to that. It is an art. The photographer creates the art and brings it from nothing to absolutely everything. So like you could go down, you could take a picture and it could be the wrong settings and you could have a long exposure of a shot, but it might be too long of exposure and it's just going to be blown out white. That's the science behind it. The science behind it is the fact that you dial in the settings for a very long exposure. That's the science part. But then the art part of it is getting the exposure right in the first place because it's an art. Am I making myself clear? Am I going around in circles? You yeah. actually contradict yourself there because getting the settings right is actually the science point of view. Composing the shot and creating something which is pleasing to the eye is the art side of it. So uh, to give you my side of it, right? Mm. There are rules in photography which make a good picture. Yes. You can look at compositional rules. So you've got the rule of thirds, which is one. Okay. Is that a science? No. Is that an art? Yes. But it's based on a science thesis because it's equal quadrants, or not even quadrants, nine sections, let's just say. They're all of equal size in your frame. I suppose, yeah. Where you're placing the subject is in crossing one of those thirds. Yeah. Or you place a bang smack center in the image. There's numbers behind that. Correct? True. Okay. What other types of composition have you got? What's that swirly one called? Golden ratio. There you go. Ratio. Ratio is science. True. So without that, is it going to actually amount to anything at all? But on the same point, when you look at art and you look at, take away from photography for a moment, right? Go to paintings. Yeah. So... You can look at a painting from afar and it's stunning. All of a sudden you go up and look at the details and you're like, how is that even a painting? But it only works from a perspective that you might be five or six meters back from the image itself. I suppose it's like pixelation. So like on a billboard. So okay. if you take a picture and you put it on a billboard, you get close to it. It's all it is, is little squares everywhere. Yes, exactly. They look right? hard. And that's the thing. So when you look at from an art point of view, you take just take away photos, like I say, for a moment and go back to painting. Okay? Yeah. But there are rules within a painting that make things work. Would you agree with that? Composition. Composition. Light. Yeah. Okay. But light science, isn't it? Is it? Well, where else does it come from? God. 
There's if a, you have a God. It depends on your belief system. Yeah. So if somebody doesn't believe in God, then where does it just magically appears? Somebody else puts it there. There's a science behind everything. This is getting far more in-depth than I anticipated to. But, I will say that much. But now. here's the interesting thing about it, right? Because when you look at photography, what makes up a good photo? A subject? Me. Well, yeah, depending on when you take it. And what, side, <laughs> what side you get, front or back? Back, back is the best. Back. Yeah, yeah you're leaving. Um, so, you know, you look at the photo that you have. So composition? Yeah. Subject? Light. Light is the most important. Of all three. Well, I, I, we've had that discussion before and I disagree with that because you can have great light, but a bad composition mm-hmm. and it's not a good photo. But you, you can have a great composition and no light. Exactly. But it'll still be a nice photo. It won't be. A, How would it be a nice photo if you can't see it? Because I wanted the right light. Okay. Yeah, ah, see, you, you see, ah, see. There no, you go. Okay, now, well, now, now, you've got, ah, now we're going to yourself. extremes. Now we're going, no, we're not going to extremes because if you get a composition with no light and you have a black screen, you've no composition. If, yes. you, if you get great light, the best light you've ever possibly seen, and you haven't got the photo composed right, it's yeah. not going to be a nice photo. But secondly, coming into the science point of it, if you don't understand how to take that photo and how to make the balance from the sensor to be able to see that photo, then it's not going to be aesthetically pleasing because it's either going to be overexposed or underexposed. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. So if you were to walk into a gallery and you look at different types of photos that you see in a gallery... They're all different. They're not exactly the same. So if you look at Joe Cornish as an example, he breaks all the rules in composition, but he still takes beautiful photographs and he's known for it because what he does is he puts his horizon almost at the top of a portrait-orientated photo, which breaks all the rules because you should put the horizon on the top third. Correct. Okay. Well, that's if you want to. That's if you want to. But this is then where you come to the art point of view because science is numbers, Yeah. Zeros, ones, ones twos. and zeros, or whatever it may yeah. be, but it's based on a scientific formula. Sorry, no. Did you just think of the matrix when you just said that? Yeah, of course. A neo, like zero, <laughs> one, zero, 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 one, zero, yeah. But look, it's based on a science fact, okay? But when you break the rules and you put, like I say, the horizon on the top, it makes a completely different photograph and it works. I did it myself when I was over in Snowdonia okay. when I went to the lighthouse. That's not a lighthouse. And I decided to compose the photograph, but I put it right up the very, very top of the frame because I wanted more of the foreground interest that was there because it was a leading line going the whole way up. I wanted to tell a story going through the photograph ending at the lighthouse, not a lighthouse, at the top of the, the frame. And aesthetically, was it pleasing? It did and it worked. Okay. But if I was to try and compose that to the exact, I got to put this on this top third, I got to have it here in the patch. On the science part of it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it might work, but is it going to be as nice as the artistic impression? And that's, I think, where the difference comes in. Because photography, and you said it from the outset, can it be both? I think it can be both, in my opinion. Because you can use the science to give you the foundation, but your own interpretation of that, or the scene that you see, or how to take the photograph, or manipulate the light creates that image that you end up with. That's what I meant to say at the start of the podcast, so we may as well just go home now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice one. Go back to Cork. Happy days, happy days. But, you know, when you think of it then, right, if, sci- if photography was purely science, based on ones and zeros, then everybody would like every image if it was done to the science. But then if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. This is where the interpretation comes in and the artistic side comes in. And when you look at people that would take wacky images, and I mean wacky images, not like something crazy, but you know, something that's not the norm, let's just say, right? Okay. So they'll see something that you won't see. 
and they'll go off and they'll get this photo and you go, geez, I never saw that. How come I didn't see that? I've got so much experience, I walked right past that. But still, it's a beautiful photograph. Yeah. They've taken that, they've turned that small little thing into an art form. Or they've turned it into a piece of art, let's just say. Jasper of. Exactly. Yeah. Right? It so, springs to mind straight away. And yeah. Shutter Ninja. Yeah, exactly. So you just change the mundane, let's just say, into something which is a B for banger. B right? for banger. So all of a sudden, bang, you've got a beautiful image that's there. But it was your artistic impression that saw that. But now go even one step further from when you first saw the photograph to taking the photograph and knowing how to take the photograph. And it'll be discussed maybe five or six episodes ago about post-processing. Yeah. So if you're thinking from the artistic point of view and you're visualizing the end image, there's a number of artistical strokes, let's just say, that you can do in post-processing to make the focus within that image, be it where you want the eye to go to. Or you might have seen something that jumped out at you at the time, but it wasn't very, very visible looking at an, like a mundane landscape. And you went, yeah. you know what? No, <clears throat> if I bring that back in now here and I make that part darker with Dodge and Burn like Ansel Adams would have done back in the day and I can create something beautiful from that. And Ansel Adams is a very good example when you look in regards to a science or art. So Ansel Adams' fav- famous photograph, of well, his number of them, but one that comes to mind to me is the moonshot. You seen that? Yeah. Okay. That looked nothing like the end image when he took the first image. Yeah. It was his artistic impression which turned that, not a mundane scene, because he was able to take a photograph without an LCD screen on the back of the camera to know what settings need to do. He had a, a, a light meter and everything else, took that photograph, but he has vision to how it wanted to look at the very, very end. Have you ever taken a photograph like that? Absolutely. I take a photograph like that every day, man. Okay. You know, you see something that you want to achieve. You kind of see an end result of what you want, but it'll never actually get to exactly where you want it. And I think your decisions constantly change. Mm-hmm. So if I go out, let's just take Norway, for example, my idea of having the Northern Lights in a certain position, they're not going to go exactly where I want them to go. All right. Heel. But you can stay there. No, don't move. <laughs> yeah. I told you not to move. But you can see him dancing through the sky. So you're waiting and you're still shooting to get them in the best possible scenario, the best possible position. And then when you're finished with that, like, see, you have to be shooting in raw because, especially for me, because it's my first time shooting Northern Lights, so I didn't know exactly which white balance to shoot in. Yeah. But, hey, we're shooting in raw. We have the advantage of shooting in all white balances, but you can tweak it later. What did you do, Otto? No, I... Bernard was telling me to shoot an auto, but I wasn't happy with shooting an auto. I wanted to see a visual representation of what I wanted at the end result. Okay. So what it is, I switched to tungsten. Okay. It's very strong blues yes. and hues. And that's my style. That's what I like. It's not everyone's cup of What's tea. What's tungsten? Around 3,000 Kelvin, is it? 3,500 um, Kelvin? <clears throat> I think it's higher. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Live with me. Okay. We'll check in there once we take Because tungsten is typically something that you yeah. would do if you're taking night photographs Correct. anyway. You're shooting yeah. in the astral point of view. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I like strong hues and kind of saturation colours and all that. So I wanted the representation of the final image best possible in the camera. But then when I got it onto the computer and looked at it, I was going, oh, I'm actually going to slightly change it to here. Now, I still left in the tungsten white pants, but just ever so slightly just made the smallest little tweaks. But then there's, I'm adding my artistic vision from a digital mm-hmm. artistry, artistry side of things and kind of, you know, and I get you on that one because you're looking at what your end goal was going to be like but again now let's go back 
without the science, without knowing in regards to the exposure triangle and what how you were going to take that photograph. The exposure triangle is a science. Yeah. It's not an art, but it forms the foundation of how to take a proper photograph. But you could take that photograph, grand job, but as you say, you're waiting for that green to match the exact shape of that mountain. That's your banger shot. Yeah. So there's your artistic aspect. But without the foundation of science, was that going to be possible? Because you're not going to be able to take the photograph unless you understand how to take the photograph in the first place. And that's where you potentially could get frustrated because you've got this artistic vision. I can see it with my eyes and how it should look, but I can't take the photograph. So when you go back and what you try and do later, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Because you're going to try and bring that into the computer, but without the science base on the first end, your whole vision is going to be gone. Like even the science is telling you to take an evaluative, evaluative metering shot. So it's just giving you a basic exposure of the whole scene. Yes. And you can switch metering modes, yes. which we talked about last year. Yes. So it's only giving you a balanced exposure. So if, even if you have your foreground to... Uh, perfectly balanced exposure, the sky could be still underexposed Absolutely. or overexposed. True story, yeah. So you've got to take it, that into consideration as well. And something happened to me when I was in the States, if you remember when I went into that gully and I was looking at the histogram in the back of the camera and looking at the histogram, it was telling me that everything was being, I think it was underexposed or overexposed, one of the two I can't remember. Mm. But when I took the shot, there was nothing, there was no highlights showing, there was nothing that was going to be underexposed, but the histogram was being fooled by the contrasting light that was within that valley in that canyon. Yeah. So if I purely went on the science aspect of it, I would have ended up, I can't remember, like I said, if it was under or over, I think it was probably overexposed to be honest, but I would have ended up then with images that had to go in the bin because I was purely looking at the histogram, which is science. But you have the artistic aspect to be able to know and see what is right. And I've often gone out, I did it recently when I went up to my favorite tree that is in the, the woods close to my house, right? Yeah. I purposely underexposed the image rather than saying that in the camera do the science point of view. I took over, which I generally do anyway in manual, you know, I don't shoot an A for awesome. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I saw Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I underexposed the image because your eye is naturally drawn from the artistic point of view and the impression and how you're, you see things to the brightest or the highlighted in, in the image itself. Yeah. So with that tree, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the tree, and hopefully you are, because I've shown you images of it, but the way... What fucking tree is he on about? The, the way the light falls Trish, on the tree. Trish, what tree is he on about there? <laughs> what? what? You don't know either? All right, okay. Yeah, well, you know, answers on a postcard to RTE, Donnybrook, <laughs> Dublin 4. Well, actually, probably they'll move over there, they'll end up selling it. <laughs> but anyhow, um, I exposed the photograph because I said, okay, you know what? If I expose it normally, it's just going to be, a, not a flat image, but mm. the light is going to be evenly dispersed but even when I, I did a video and I showed it on the video as well was that you know you underexpose that you still have the, the brightest part which is what I wanted it to be is how the light fell on the, the bark of the tree yes yeah. so if I was to go purely on the science point of view then it would be a mundane image whereas if you go from the artistic point of view what I was thinking is I was shooting for processing so I knew what I wanted to achieve within that image so I said okay you know what I'm going to bypass the science bit and purely go on the artistic bit. And something I also did in that same woods around Halloween, if you remember, I went off and I got a mad notion. I said, you know what? I'm going to try and do something scary here for Halloween. So I turned all the colours completely oh, red. Oh, jeez, you went mad. Oh, I mean mad. mad. Mad in it, right? But there was an artistic impression yeah. of a scene that was there. 
But it, you'd never get that scene in real life. Well, you might if... I don't think you, you would. Know. You'd no. never get, you never get them as red as they made no, them in it. I mean, that mean? looks like you slit about 20 people's throats and let the blood run through the leaves. Yeah, exactly. You know, But that was my artistic impression. But again, without the science, because I had an image that was actually exposed right in the first place, I wouldn't be able to have applied what I had seen in the end game of it. Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, if people are looking at that topic, right, there is no... I, my opinion, there is no extremes. It is not purely an art. It is not purely science. One complements the other. But if you don't take the science into account, it'll be very difficult for you to make something which is art afterwards. Correct. Or, you know, I've had this situation, I don't know if you have or not, but I may have messed up how I take a photograph. Me? Mess up? No, yeah. no. doesn't I, happen. But yet I still love the <laughs> photograph and I'll go off and I will do something completely different in post-processing and try and rescue something out of an underexposed image or an overexposed image yeah. or do something within that and manipulate it in certain way because I've got a vision, which is my artistic vision, and how it should look. Yeah, sure, even, even from the trip, going back to the trip from Norway, is I messed up with my crop mm-hmm. on one of my images. So... I, like my style, my signature style would be the vast scene. Yeah. Fit everything in and make it as epic as you could possibly do. But then I clipped off some of the mountain mm-hmm. on the left-hand side without me being aware of it. And I, I, sh- I gave out to myself for it. Okay. So because of that, I was like, okay, I can't use that image exactly how I wanted. So then I used a different crop. So it's more of a square crop, more or less. Yeah. You know, so normally I have a... a so a very wide six by four kind of twelve by eight kind of image. So now I've kind of brought it into kind of like a ten by eight kind of landscape image, which I don't normally do. Mm-hmm. So it's not a full one to one ratio square crop. So it's ten to eight, and it actually works for an image. So it's starting to help me evolve mm-hmm. as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Starting to experiment with different crops, and it's something that I never ever really do. If you go back and look at my archive of images. They're all 12 by 8 crops or panoramas for landscapes. And that's all I shot. And never, never have I ever strayed from those ratios for landscape photography. It'll be interesting to talk to you more about that when we have our topic about, um, you know, should you use your crop tool more? Ah, there you go. Because it is actually a very good topic to be able to discuss. But one final thing I'd like to say on it is that, you know, if you look from a photograph point of view and you look at something which most people will understand what makes a good image, like we said a moment ago, is composition, but leading lines. Mm-hmm. So if you get something that's leading in from two sides into the center or leading from the center out through the image to end at the top, is that art or is that a science? Art. There'd be a science aspect of it too. Why, if it was art, it, wouldn't, it would only appeal to certain people. But doesn't art appeal to only certain people anyway? It, it, that's right, that's my point. If it's art, it only appeals to certain people. But because the leading line will bring you through, like your eye will go to the highlight aspect of it, is that a science? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there'll be arguments that it would be a science, right? Because yeah. it would be appealing to most people. You know, there's certain ways to set up your photograph. And if you want to be able to take people on a journey through a single frame, don't forget that. When you're taking a photo, it's a snapshot, but you want to try and tell a story. But you want to guide the person's light or the person's eye through that image Correct. to either end up somewhere that you want them to end up or to be able to look at more of the image. How many times have you looked at photographs online? And the person who took the photograph wants you to see something, but everything in the image is pointing the wrong way. Oh, I, 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 do you know what? 
it's much harder than you think and we, we'd often make mistakes ourselves yes. by shooting a too busy scene yes you know and a lot of the top photographers would say that try keep your image to three things yes because anything more than three things your eye is wandering a bit everywhere so yes and if I, something on the left hand side of the frame and all of a sudden you've got rocks that are going over to the right hand side mm-hmm. no matter how much you want to get your eye to go to the left it's naturally going to be drawn to the right it's very hard to do it man very hard to do it like you can have a beautiful thing but in the wrong place like i said it goes back to composition yeah mm. but you can have a beautiful thing and not expose it right mm. which means that you're exposing for the highlights and all of a sudden your eye is going to the brightest part and you're missing what people are people are missing what you wanted them to see yeah so i mean i think that it is both i don't think it's one or the other because you can't have like i said one without the other but i think it's more art than it is science I agree. Um, I'd love to hear what everyone else's thoughts is about it. Huh? Yeah, it'd be good. You know, so like, it, do you know what we should do? Put well, a poll up and ah, see. Good idea. Who's more arty farty, like me and you? Yeah. And who's more nerdy science kind of stuff? Okay, let's like, do that. Who's a nerdy science dude out of all of us? Me. No, you're not. <laughs> you are not sciencey. <laughs> I'm a human calculator. Way out of it. Jesus, mother. God, what did God give me here? Well, you know what? It's true. But anyhow, listen, look, we put up that pod, uh, we put up that poll <laughs> on the uh, Facebook group. We put up the podcast put too, up the podcast we? too, yeah. She might as well yeah. have to record and I'm coming all this way to do it. Like, But uh, yeah, look, I will end this first segment on that. That was good fun. The more yeah. we can discuss, we got a couple of topics now we'll discuss further based out of that. They're good segues, like. Yeah, so look, thanks for, the, for listening to the first part and we'll be right back after a break. Are you sick of double A batteries? ongoing cost constantly having to change them while the modus 360 rt and 600 rt speedlights are the ones for you available for canon nikon sony and fujifilm it's got an extreme lithium ion battery with a 1.5 second recycle time that's four times faster than double a batteries 600 shots at full power 1000 and a half available now at hanel.ie And welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast. I'm still alive anyway here in Limerick. I haven't been beaten up yet, but there's still time for when I leave. But you know I what? you're going to say something else because uh, Limerick City has a, a, reputation, a, a reputation for, for something. As I got, if he says that, I'm going to kill him. But oh, jeez, I shouldn't say that actually. Don't know. Oh, are you going to kill me? But what? <laughs> <laughs> but look, part two of the Irish Talkie podcast. Thanks, thanks for sticking with us. So it's now the return of our very popular segment, which is the IPP Instagram Spotlight. And it's my turn this week to be able to pick somebody. And I had really, really a tough choice, I suppose, to be able to find somebody who I didn't want to kind of, you know, not pick somebody that I that I would know, let's just say. But I looked and I see on the Instagram, and Dermot would allude to quite a lot, you know, I, I kind of manage the Instagram page and I see a lot of notifications coming through. And there's one notification that I see coming through quite a lot and it's from the person that I've picked. So the person's name is Chris Trainer, and he goes by the name of the dark underscore pixel. Have you seen his work, Dermot? I see. <coughs> now, you, you, you manage the Instagram page a lot more than I. Um, Considering I do it all, like, yeah, go on. <laughs> I do a bit, not as much as you. Oh, I answered that post there for you, Darren. Oh, well done, bye. Big bowl of boss for you. Go on, yeah. But the notifications do come up my phone as yes. well, Dick, you know, and the dark pixel is constantly active on it. So thank you very much to 
Chris, first and foremost, for being so active on the page. Thank you, man. Really, really do appreciate it. All the support that we get from all of our supporters is, is, is immense. It's brilliant. But this guy goes above and beyond, I think, from his stylized ways of photography. I think he's very moody photographer mm-hmm. himself. I don't know if he's moody or not. <laughs> you call Gary Goff a moody, Gary Goff a moody guy altogether. I that was a on. joke. He took it serious. I know he took it serious. <laughs> there, he's like, what you mean by that? And there going, oh God, I'm after making a boo-boo here. So Chris Trainer, you're not a moody, maybe you are a moody guy. You can tell us, let us know in the comments, but Dermot is referring to your imagery. Yeah, yeah. They are very moody and very... In your face, stylized landscape pictures, and I like it a lot. And he gets into nitty gritty stuff, like he gets very intimate with kind of shots that you like as well, mm-hmm. getting the close up shots of mushrooms and all that. I'm not too gone in those things, but they do, he, he does do them well. So you, what much. you're saying is you don't like them when I take them, but you like them when Chris takes them. Come on now, tell the e- truth. Like. Not really. Do you know what? It's actually looking like your images, the mushroom things, and like, uh, but they I, don't do it for me, but it's very nice. I'll tell you what, what drew me to Chris's work, I suppose. Number one, it's landscape. Yes. Number two, it's areas that I don't see that often because he's not based down here. He's based up the north. County down. Yeah. Um, Be for banger. Be for banger, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, moreover, in regards to the different styles of photography, absolutely you're right. There's a lot of mood in the images. There's a lot of good colour in the images. There's, it's very well done from an Instagram point of view because Instagram is all about colour. It's about stopping somebody in their tracks. But moreover, I think the different styles that he has from woodland, trees, mm. intimate details like your uh, mushrooms, your fungi, coastal, some of his coastal work and seascape, as you know, is something which is close to my heart. He's very, very good at that work as well. But he, he breaks the rules. He takes the shots that you think, okay, hey, that shouldn't work, but it does work. Yeah, I agree. You know, so like I said earlier about <coughs> Joe Cornish and putting the horizon at the very, very top, something like that. And also when you look at the, how he handles and the processing of the images. I mean, number one, he's getting the photograph right. Bang on. There's a couple of photographs there from Tollymore that I really, really liked. So you've got the stepping stones in Tollymore. And just the detail that he's taken, the composition is bang on. The exposure time from the movement of water as well is bang on. Some of the photographs he's taken in Giant's Causeway are really, really good as well. Have you got an image from his grid that you like the most? I love his editing, first and foremost, before I select it. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm frogging my throat since Norway. I'm... Uh, um, his editing is really on key and it's very different and very unique to some other photographers that are shooting for the gram, should yes. we say. He has, like I said, very colourful, colourful, bold, vivid colours, but he's shooting or editing them in a very matte, with no, not much contrast at all. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of colour contrast there. So I really like that kind of style of imagery. Now, I don't use it myself too much because I like a lot of contrast in my image. I like a lot of vibrance as well. But looking through his gallery, I think one of my favourite ones would be from Murloc Beach. Well, that's what he has a tag does, but it's, there's no beach there. <laughs> there's a leading line with a mountain. Is that, look at that. That's lovely. Is that Murloc Beach? I have no idea. With no beach. Yeah, there's no beach in the picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know where it is. Neither do I. So, the dark pixel. Witness the beautiful, beautifully colourful sunset over the morns. As the morns. There you go. So maybe he's into this uh, geotagging kind of thing. Maybe. This art and maybe, yeah. that crack. 
So. Oh yeah, I'm looking at that one there now. Yeah, Murlock Beach. Yeah, that's a nice photo. Yeah, so I think uh, that would be one of my favourites that he has. And I do like the Giants Causeway thing. But now, let's do, coming back to our first topic, right? And we did, we touched, uh, you said that Joe Cornish shoots yeah. very high. It's a nice image, but I don't agree with it. I think it could be better with more sky. I disagree. Do you know why? That's the artistic <clears throat> views but of you know what? of us. But that's actually my favourite image that he has. And the reason I think it's my favourite image, because if you look at the image, it seems as if it was a grey day. There's nothing going on in the sky. So do you want to include a sky where there's nothing going on or do you want to have the focus being what you're there to shoot, which is the columns in Giant's Causeway? So I think it works perfectly well from that point of view. The only way that I would have changed it any way, shape or form is that if I wanted to put myself in the frame mm. and I was to go to the very top of that and stand there. If I was standing there, I would be too close to the top. I would slightly move it, but because I'm not in the frame, well, I'm not taking the photo. I've never actually, well, I, I have been to the Giant's Causeway. <laughs> I never got an opportunity to shoot Giant's Causeway. That's because cool. we were blown out of it. it like, we actually a, couldn't stand up straight. It was outrageous weather completely. So all the way up to there, yes, we couldn't even get out of the camper van. But anyway, that, that's my favourite photograph of his. And I just do think that the reason I like it the most is when you go to Giant's Causeway, what are you going there to see? You're going to see these. The slabs. You're not going to see the sky. Yeah. Okay. And if you look at the way he's got it framed again here, it's breaking not, all I'm, the rules. I'm not saying it's wrong. I know that, but yeah. I'm saying the reason I like it because it's 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 breaking the rules. Yeah. The the, the central focus point isn't okay, the focus point is in the center of the image yeah. at the very very top, and it's not taking the rule of thirds into place. But his processing of that is lovely. There's a lovely color tone to it. It's like a brownish color tone which you normally see black on the images you see from Giant's Causeway, but as a brownish colour brownish color tone as well to it. That's because he has like that flat matte, less yeah. contrast. So you're getting more dynamic range out of the scene with a more flat image. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's why I suppose I've picked uh, Chris's profile, and I think it's a wordy profile for this week's, or this month's IPP Insta Spotlight. Yeah. So will we read out his bio in his uh, Instagram? Will I do it? Or off do you want you, to do Off it? you go, yeah. So Chris Trainer is a photographer taking life on one picture at a time, showing the world off for how it's not. Based in County Down, he also has a Facebook page. You can follow him there. And at the moment, he's only got 102 posts. So we want to see more from you, Chris. And he's only got 781 followers. I think he should have at least 7,000 followers with some of this quality of his images. So yeah, jump on there and follow Mr. Chris Trainer, the dark underscore pixel. Happy days. Happy out. Happy out. Happy it's not sponsored out. by 53 Degrees North. I know, I'm just saying happy out. I got you, you know, and you're holding up your monster energy drinks and everything. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Next day you'll be sponsored by Dunn Stores for your underwear, will you? Just see that one of my mates, Jeremy McCauley. <laughs> he's very, he's the, you sure he was on the stage? Yeah, sure. Yeah. His Instagram page is called, and we're plugging you now with Jeremy McCauley, the official Jeremy McCauley. <laughs> 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 he's got one of his blue ticks and everything. Has he? I think so, I'm almost certain of it. But he was there going, he, t- so he saw the thing and he, he tagged the Monster Energy Girls and Monster Energy in it. And he said, no, girls, he got a bit of competition. I was <laughs> like, yeah, my monster brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Right, yeah. well, look, we're after that, we're going to take our final break and we'll be right back then with the next part of the show, which is our Sunday showcase. Ah, feck off, will you? Yeah. 
Today's episode is sponsored by BG Landscape Tours. Bernard leads photo tours and workshops north as far as Lofoten Islands, Senje, Faroe Islands, Iceland, Scotland and as far south to the Italian Dolomites, Tenerife, Namibia and Botswana and not forgetting our own beautiful homeland of Ireland. Find out more at www.bglandscapetours.ie And you're welcome back to the final part of today's episode, live from Limerick for the Irish Photography Podcast, up in the old GQ. Is it GQ or the HQ? HQ, boy. Oh, the the HQ, yeah. HQ. So, we're now moving on to the Sunday Showcase, and I'm actually going to change the banner oh, that we no. have. I'm going to put in the extra H there for Dermot and keep this one going. So, anytime you ever see Dermot going forward, right, and you've want to mention the Sunday Showcase, just add the extra H. Sunday Showcase. Oh, that's Dermot there from the Sunday Showcase. So... <laughs> Uh, like we would have said in the past, if it's your first time actually listening to the podcast, what we do here is on our Facebook group, we have a very active community of phenomenally talented photographers. And every Sunday at seven o'clock, um, we put up a post, which is, what did you shoot this week? Time to show off what you photographed. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Sunday Showcase, but now soon it'll be called the Sunday Showcase. And as part of this, myself and Dermot, we look at the previous week um, and we both pick three of our favourite images. Yep. If they're three individual images, so be it. But if they cross over, they cross over. It shows that we're kind of thinking similar, I suppose, in regards to that. So I'm going to go first, though. Okay, I went first last time, so okay. I suppose it's only fair that you go first this time, boy. So the, re- the picture that I'm taking, actually, is an image of the aurora. The in- picture you're taking? The, the, sorry, the, pi- the, <laughs> the image I'm picking. Selecting. Picking, selecting, yeah, choosing. Choosing, yeah. yeah. That's much better. I'm taking the picture. Oh, well, I didn't. You're going to steal the I, picture. Hang on, get out of here now. Right? Don't mention it now again. How many more times have I said I'm so pissed off that I didn't get there for that? <laughs> Even before you went. And then when I see you doing all that. So hang on a second here now, right? Go on, go I'm on, picking go on, a photograph of the Aurora. Oh, okay, go on. But it's not a photograph that anybody took on the trip. Okay. But it's a photograph taken by Tyler Collins. Ah, very good. I noticed he was over in Norway at the same time as us, actually, yeah. And it's a picture of the aurora, but the slight difference is is that you guys had water in your images. Mm -hmm. He had snow. And on that image there, there's a a lovely, I suppose, contouring light, moonlight, obviously, because it said that we wanted the moonlight before you went. But it's just an image you go, oh, that's nice, because it's not, nobody stepped on it, first and foremost. Uh, I don't know where he was or what party of Norway. Was in Lofoten. Was in Lofoten as well. Yeah. Um, so he must have avoided the footstep crew because um, here with that, I think it's a lovely image. He got it framed lovely. The composition, like I say, is nice. The exposure is nice. But also you have the aurora. And when I, a moment I saw it, I went, oh, geez, look at that. Here's what I could have won. Again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's my first uh, choice from the Sunday Showcase. I I loved it. When I saw it, when I was over there, I was yeah. like, oh my God, Tyler's over here as well. <clears throat> and the image just resonated straight away. Like it's got all the leading lines kind of when it swoops in from the sky, the aurora, yeah. into the image itself and kind of comes around. And then you got these little lumps, like cushions. I'd say if you turn it upside down, you'd mistake it for a sky. Yes. Yeah, you would actually have yeah, for it, clouds. It's really, really cool. Like. Yeah, it's cool. Now, if I was to only give, say one thing about it, I love it, but I was only say one thing about it when we spoke earlier about you know, leading lines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The leading line comes in on this 
but I, I'd love if it came in from the bottom, it comes in from the side. So that okay. first moan that's there kind of does stop you, but look, immediately you're going looking at the um, Aurora. The green be- stuff yeah. in the sky. Yeah, so look, I mean, not to you know, downgrade your image, Tyler, I picked it as my favourite, but it's a phenomenal shot. Thanks very much for uh, sharing it in the group, and I'm looking forward to seeing more now that you got from that trip. Yeah. Awesome, incredible, amazing conditions you <laughs> got in <laughs> Norway. Over to you, Dermot. Okay, my first shot. I loved it, and it was, and it might be me being slightly biased. It's my own image. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> oh my god, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, it's. I uh, love me. Who do you love? <laughs> it's from one of my mates from the trip. Uh, it's from Kevin, and I've been on two trips with Kevin so far. Uh, his name is Kevin Carl. He's from Wexford, and he has a shot of the Aurora in the Lofoten Islands. Beautiful and image. We were at uh, Hawkland Beach, so. What happened was we actually were shooting this mad kind of eruption of Aurora and then we had to kind of walk around into Hawkland, but we got left there. So we walked the whole around to Hawkland Beach and it's just started off again and it was mm-hmm. just wild an image. I loved it. And his editing process is oh, different to normal. Yes. And I like that. Yeah. He's after putting his own artistic twist on the image and that's what I think that helps it stand out to me. I, I loved it. I, at the moment I saw it, I went, oh man, that's even more so. There's not a kick in the balls here for you, Darren. You know what I mean? But a absolutely beautiful sw- photograph. And as you say, the, the editing he did in it is incredible because mm. you've got the light in the sky, but yeah. everything else is just, it's like as if there's, there's, there's no atmosphere. You're just looking straight at the mountain. It's tack sharp. The blacks are black. The whites are white. Bang. What yep. a shot. And you know what? It's the most liked image on our Sunday showcase. Oh, yeah? So he came in first place. Fair play to Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Fair play, boy. Fair play, yeah. 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 So back to me now. I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) The next one that I've chose, actually, is a guy called uh, Stephen Gallagher. Stephen Gallagher, right. What's his shot? It's a photograph he's taken from uh, Cushendal in County Antrim. What's it of? Well, it's the interesting thing. Show me. Because he took two photographs. So there's the first photograph. Okay. Is that at the start or the... It's half, oh, wait, I have it. Okay, it's the first photograph, but that's not the first photograph is not the one I chose. Why did you say it so? Because he took two photographs that day. Okay. It was the second photograph that he took, which is the view right behind him. Oh, so he took one that way and one this way. So he's one facing into the sun and one shooting with the sun. It's directly after it on the, the That's kind of cool, actually, yeah. Now, when you look at that image that's there, right, you have... If all, all what you're looking for in reality, you've got you know a mountain in the background, you've got your colour in the sky, you've got your water. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And it just jumps to me. The reason why it jumps out to me is because it's something I would have said before I did a, a video on it when I was in the States, is always look behind you. Because the light behind you can be better than the light in front of you. Yeah. And I've so many times I've seen that. And I don't know how many people that have experienced this. You go off out and you're taking your phone and you're so concentrating on the sunset and it's all kicking off behind you. And yeah. you don't turn around and all of a sudden you miss it. Always look behind you. And that's a classic example of it. Right. So, you know, um, great shot there. I think, you know, from my second choice, Stephen, well done. And again, thanks for sharing it in the group. Yeah. Coming back to that point where always look behind you. I remember one time when I was in Lanzarote, you can check out the vlog on it if you go onto my YouTube channel, shameless plug. But I had this conversation set up and it was it was grand. It wasn't world pleasing and it wasn't fantastic, but it was grand. It was the best I was going to get. Yeah. And I, I did, I searched for about half an hour trying to try, try find a better one. 
but everyone else was kicking off behind me. I could see it, mm-hmm. but there was no composition going that way. Yeah. You know, and I was there going, I feel so cheated. Yeah. Do you know? And I was like, I have to shoot this way because it's the only composition that I can get. It's not to say there was one behind me. I just couldn't find it. And that's the thing. And that's what I love about landscape photography, particularly if you're shooting. I prefer to shoot with the sun as opposed to into the sun. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I might look, go the opposite way, you know, so people go east for a sunrise. Mm. I'll go west. Yeah. Or sunset, people will go west. I'll go east. Because you get that reflected light that comes across. It's much easier to take a photograph. You're not dealing with any harsh highlights Correct. in the sky. And moreover, if you're shooting with a long lens, the subject that you want to, f- to photograph is actually now being lit up as opposed to being lit from behind, which means it's in shadow. Yeah. So always look behind you. And I think that's a very good example uh, mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So back to me. Yeah, final choice. No, it's not my final choice. I have two photographs to go through. Oh, okay, sorry. Might be final choice. You never know. Oh, it could be. Could be. So, it's something different to you. It's from Gary McCabe. It's Autumn at the Dark Hedges. Okay. So, it's something that's been shot to death. And yes. it's something that I still need to photograph. Uh, Me too. We, we, we went up that time and there was a fallen tree, so we couldn't get in there. And yes. then we went over to, like we just alluded to there, picking... Giant's Causeway. Giant's Causeway. And we went to Dunluce Castle and we couldn't even see it. I know. But coming back to the image, I, I love it. I, every time I see one, I, I see still... It? Where is it? There you go. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The side light. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I absolutely love it. I love the highlights that is... It must have been from sunrise or something. Because there's sunrise on the left there. Sunrise, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I don't know. Left or right. We'll say sunrise. Wait, 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 Gary, if we have a let us know, would yeah. you? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love it. The colours and the fact that it's autumn now, so... There's no leaves in the trees, so you really emphasise the fact that these protruding branches are breaking through and being so imminent in the scene. So I I, I love it. I think it's a great image. we got to go back up. we got to go back and do a proper trip. Will we ask Kevin to come with us? No, it'll be too grim for him. <laughs> grim, man. Grim. For all the listeners, we went off. We did a trip up the hall around Donegal Coast, and every 10 seconds, Kevin Foley would be like, no, man, it's too grim, it's too grim. And he would leave the camper door open, the driver's door open, continuous. Oh, do you know, Bernard does that too. Does he, yeah? Oh, he does. He leaves doors open in, all over the place. In the pissing rain. Oh, And Jesus. the wind. Oh. You remember that, was, again, for the listeners, we went up to Mallon Head. We were in a camper van. We decided that we were going to <laughs> stay in the camper van on Mallon Head when Storm Doris was coming Something through. Like it, yeah. And I have never in my life experienced wind like it. I was before. afraid. Yeah. I was actually afraid. And if we'd listened to Kevin, we'd have gone over the edge because he wanted to go up to the very, very top. That's right. I said, absolutely not. We'll come down and we'll go over to a small bit of shelter. And we're still blown. Still, it was, I thought yeah. it was going to fall over. Yeah, we we got to go back up, um, you know, to photograph up there because now there's been two photographs, three photographs that we've, p- phot- that we've picked. From the north. From the north. So we had... Chris Trainer, Yeah. Tyler Collins. Yeah. And Gary McCabe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to you. Okay, my final image, we're coming a bit more south. And it's somebody whose photography I've admired for a long period of time. I had a very great opportunity to spend some time with him when I went on a trip with BG. That's definitely not the same guy, so I think we're three different images. No, three so. different images this week. So um, this is somebody who is an extremely nice guy and a phenomenally talented Are photographer. Are you sure he's nice now? I, I 100% stand by it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's hear his name. His name is Ruben Fields. I sound. He's actually a sound guy. He is. But he's put a photograph up there of Glenow Waterfall. Is that what it's called? Glenow Waterfall? Look. Give us a look. 
Now, Nick Page would have an absolute oh, banger yeah. when he sees it because of the amount of yeah. leaves that are on the rocks. I'm sure they were all there naturally. <laughs> but that image to me, again, I just think with the, the processing that's been done in it is really, really He's good. He's shit hot at that, man. He's processing. really, really good. That's where he kind of separates himself from the rest. Yeah, and you know, look, looking at that image, it's there. I, okay, Gavin Harcastle calls it the, the triangle of death or the triangle of doom, right? When you're in a valley area, you've got the brightest area that's going to be on either side. Yeah. If you look at it here, even on Ruben's image, you've got that triangle. But he's managed the highlights perfectly. He might have done a blend or whatever it may have been. Yeah. But you've got that touch of colour that's there, so it tells you that it's autumn. Yeah. So this cohesiveness between there and what you see as the leaves that are on the rock. You've got the waterfall coming in perfectly placed within the frame and then close up down to the very end, you get the drama of the water moving in. And again, something that I must be attracted to it more so than anything else is that the blacks are black and yeah. the whites are white. And it really does give a good contrast with the image. So yeah, Ruben, you know, hats off as always. You know, I'm a fan of your photography, but I'm delighted to see you back in the game now, um, you know, getting out, yeah. taking the photographs again. And again, you're... Delivering beef for bangers. Beef for banger. No more babies, Ruben, because they're yeah. keeping you indoors. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Puts the wrapper tool up now and <laughs> get back out and close keep the taking shop, photos. Mike, yeah, close the shop, Close the shop. Yeah. Vasectomies is always good as well. So yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man, we're gone deep. You are definitely gone deep, yeah. Anyway, over to the final one. So we actually have now, before we go to the final one here, we've had three completely different images. Yeah. This is going to be a really even differenter. 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 Which is, I'm in Limerick now, I better learn that word, yeah. But, you know, we've had, what, over 80, something like 80 different photographs posted inside the group? 85. That's phenomenal. So, you know, for us to pick six images out of the 85 is difficult because there's a phenomenal amount of images that are there. But without further ado, the final choice from Mr. D.O.D. And it's my favourite out of all the images. Oh, Kavulche. Yes. Say that. What? Ke? Yeah. What is it? All right, okay, sorry. <laughs> Isn't it mad? It's my fluent, like, my natural tongue, and I don't know how to speak it. It's yes, a shame, really. It is, yeah. But anyway, it's the Wanaki, Wanaka tree in New Zealand. Uh-huh. My good old buddy, Gavin Sheehan. Yes. I, I like that image, but I like it more so because of the story that's with it. Yeah, so I'll read it out. Absolute bedlam with it with around 100 other people shooting at the tree at the same time. And the fact that he's managed to not have any of them in there, and he's just shooting that image, and he's breaking all the rules, horizon line in the middle, the tree's in the middle, but it works. It really does work. It yeah. really does work. And I think, you know, looking at that, again, it's your famous Wanaka tree. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit like the trees that you get the lone tree in the water and yeah. everything else in Snowdonia, et cetera, et cetera. But he mentions there in it that he was kind of elbow deep in other photographers and he had to keep moving away or protecting his tripod because his tripod being knocked over from the other people that were there. It's crazy. A hundred people? Yeah. Yeah, fair play. I think it deserves it as well. It breaks all the rules, absolutely. But, you know, he's looks like he's having fun. Yeah, and he'll be coming on soon as well. So. Okay, we'll go, because we've got to get the update in here from him on that, yeah. So, you know, we'll remind, have us talk to him about it. Yeah. Uh, about how he took that. And look at the snow and the peaks and the mountains in the background and everything. Yeah. It's got no. everything. Do you know what? It is a fabulous image. It's my favourite out of all of them, but I'd love to shoot at a different time of day. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, that's not the ideal light. That's not the ideal, ideal time. And there's a hundred photographers there. And maybe he couldn't get back there. That's my point. Well. Imagine what it's going to be like at sunrise and sunset. There's about a bus load, 25 bus loads pull up outside. Like. 400 photographers yeah, yeah. killing each other. Exactly. Be a great way to go up with your knife. What knife? <laughs> <laughs> and when you just showed me at the start. Well, actually, I, I, before we go, 
right? <laughs> we went to uh, Norway, as you know. Oh, you were in Norway, we I, was, I was in Norway, believe it or not. I went through two airports with a knife in my bag, and I didn't even realise it, and none of the airports showed up. And was it in the shape of a knife? Or was Swiss it Swiss? Army. Oh, yeah, it's folded in, so it probably wouldn't show up. I was there going... It looked like your lipstick or something like that. I was right? there going, Jesus, mother of God, how was I not pulled with this? But yeah, I got away with it. Mad. I didn't mean to bring it. It's just, it's in my uh, powder that's... W- at all oh, I thought times. you were going to say it's in your DNA. <laughs> it's, in my, <laughs> yeah, it's in my DNA. <laughs> Gowl. No, it's in my powder. The powder, the, the bag that we have, both have, it's it's a great bag. You know, you have these pockets on the waistline. So oh, one yeah. is my slider cable, okay. which it doesn't remove from the left pouch yes. on the bag and my Swiss army knife is here I have my three-legged thing uh, tool up here and I have my compass up here so all four places and they never change Yeah, they're always there and I know they're there but I just totally forgot that I had the, the knife in the fucking bag so it didn't happen to me when we went down to Killarney for the rut and I went ah oh, damn I'm after leaving my Osmo behind I couldn't record that's right and then all of a sudden I went what's that oh yeah I put it in there because I said it'd be handy to have it oh and yeah Forgot all about it, but they are a great bag. Hats off to the low pro, yeah. Love it. Good. Yeah, it's really my favorite bag. Like I have the Whistler here as well. Don't get me wrong, fabulous bag as well. But the, the powder is the one for me. Yeah, I still haven't used the Whistler. Have you not? No. Waste of money. Why would I need to? The powder does everything. But at least give it a go. But the powder does everything. I know, but give it a go. Then you get it dirty. Oh Jesus Christ! You sound like BG. <laughs> he you has dirty. BG has the Whistler Mark One and the Two, and. I says to him, I says, is that the Mark II? He's like, no, that's the Mark I. I have the Mark II at home though. I haven't used it yet. Why not? Because then I get it dirty. I says, I'll keep using this one. I was like, oh, Jesus, what a God. Yeah, Use both bags and enjoy both. Yeah, I don't need to. The powder does it all for me. It's a great bag. It really is a great bag. It yeah. is on the road. But anyhow, listen, that's the end of today, man. I can get back on the road now again. Go back down to Cork. Bye. Whole thing's like, what's the crack, God, mate? thank God. Although I'll be coming back down to you soon enough, though. You will now. You'll be crossing over the border. Make sure I know you practice your lang on. Hang on. Any chance you coming up joining, no? No. Why not? No. I'm in my own club. <laughs> Do you know what, actually? It's funny you say that. I thought about it. Oh, yeah? Setting up. Our own club, the oh, yeah. Irish Photography Podcast Photography Club. Oh, yeah? <laughs> because the main, truth be told, the main reason why I wanted to join Camera Club was to enter the SACC's Nature Photographer of the Year. Mm. I, I, I definitely won't win it in any way, shape, form. No way. Going on last year's winners and everything like that, and even the images that just got through to the final, I was just flabbergasted by it. But it's something I wanted to try my hand at. I'd be shocked if I get through the SACC's up to Dublin, you know? But... Yeah, but you know what? Uh, okay, it's a thing that's organised by the Irish Photography Federation. I go off on a small bit of a rant here, but it's organised by the Irish Photography Federation, which is a federation for photographers. Yes. Not for clubs. So I have my L panel and I got my LIPF. Yeah. And I pay my renewal fee to the IPF for that. Yes. So I should be eligible to enter a photographer contest. I shouldn't have to be in a club. Right. So that's my rant over. Never thought about that. So you have to join a club to be able to go off into that. Yeah, I do, yeah. I have to pay but it's not for clubs. money. And anybody in a club, you know what, you can chastise me on Facebook, do whatever you want. But for the people that know me, know my views in regards to that. I'm quite open in that, in that aspect of it. So as I said, no, I'm my own club. Yeah. But I've often thought about what Monster Landscape Photographer is about creating that as a group, as a club. Yeah. So that people within that group could enter these contests yeah, but I the idea, you. I mean, I'm all for, for camera clubs. They're really, really good. There's a number of benefits to them. 
but I don't feel as if you have to be able to join that club just so that you can get the inroad in to enter your photo, not a club photo, your photo in a contest. Mm. Food for thought, Darren, and then maybe it's something we could talk about in a future podcast. Yeah, maybe. Never know. Maybe. Yeah, so listen on that bombshell. It's been emotional. It's yeah, been I gotta great. eat my dinner, so come on, make yeah, this fast. Okay. So listen, look, thanks very much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the episode. It's been fun being up here in HQ, GQ. And don't forget to join the Facebook page. Yes. Name a host. Yes. Darren DeLanger. Yes. Will do. Yeah. Darren is, is awesome. Will do. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, that's all I'm going to say. But for now, thanks very much and slung the phone. Hey, guys. If you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts? Give us a five-star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.